Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. So earlier this week, Matt, we learned that A, Mitch Morris was named the, the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award nominee for the Buffalo Bills. Yep. And then... On Wednesday, we learned, or Tuesday, I guess, Deion Dawkins is their Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all the things that we talk about that you have know, gone wrong and people being upset, let's give a little love to these guys and you know our interactions with them and what they mean to the Buffalo Bills and this community because I think both men are just outstanding individuals, outstanding men, and uh, very deserving of these nominees, obviously, and even maybe ultimately the awards. Every team nominates a player for each of these awards. Uh-huh. Uh, let's start with Mitch Morse, though, the um, Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. I mean, it's a to, to be recognized as a guy who plays the game the right way. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be throwing flowers at your opponent all the time. I want to make that clear to everybody. You know, you want to go out mm-hmm. there, you want to win, you're competitive, but you do it within the confines of the rules, you do it the right way. And Mitch Morse always also a stand-up guy. I just told you about what he said about Bob Miller in the locker room, but you can always count on him to be super honest and give you you know, insight, really good insight when we talk to him as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, kudos to him. Kudos to Deion Dawkins. With Mitch Moore specifically, he's somebody I know I can always go to if I have a question about football or about a game that happened. I mean, he was the second or third person who I went into the locker room looking for after the Eagles loss. And that's not easy to do. Like after a crushing defeat, these guys pour so much into it. And then you have to stand there and you have to ask questions about why did this team not do enough? Why were there so many mistakes? Why did you lose? So, yeah, I think that it's a very deserving award. Mitch Morris is one of those guys who is universally loved in that locker room. Everybody leans on Mitch Morris. It it almost does feel like, you know, he's a dad. and He's got a couple of young kids. It feels like he's kind of the dad of the locker room, too, even though what's funny is Mitch. I, I say this all the time about Mitch Morris. Mitch Morris is. 31 years old as of a week ago i am 31 years old i have never felt more distant to Uh, another 31 year old than i do to mitch morris like if you told me that guy was 48 i'd be like yeah that checks out because he is so wise and he is so level-headed and then the exact opposite for stefan diggs who turned 30 a couple days ago yeah stefan diggs makes me feel ancient because we are only one year apart. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I remember 
for the last couple off seasons, fans talking about moving on from Mitch Morris and the contract. Man, he's a good player. He's a really good player. He's a, a great really relationship good player. with Josh Center, quarterback relationship. He does a lot for that offensive line. Another guy who has done a lot for a long time now for the offensive line. I say a long time. He's been in the league since 2017. Deion Dawkins, Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee. We see everything Deion does for the community. He's always out there doing things. It goes, obviously, very recognized because he's such a brand and, you know, snow and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that go, you know, unrecognized that Dion does as well, because if you really kind of dig deeper, he's doing a lot of stuff. In fact, I'll give you a quick story behind the scenes. We were down at the facility on Wednesday and Dion was done with his media session. I asked him specifically, Hey, can I get you for a minute to talk about Fran Brown, the new coach at Syracuse because he coached at Temple and he said, yeah, but he, he had to wait a minute because he was actually with a PR rep and they were going over Matt. They were going over his schedule and they were like, can you do this and this time? No, not that time. Well, I got meetings and it was community stuff. And he had to nail down and there was something going on where he was going to do something. And they said, yeah, it's seven 30 in the morning. They can make that. There was an interview or something they were talking about as well. But the point was this guy's always trying to better his team himself mm-hmm. in the community and you know, the Walter Payton man of the year. I think it's a great nominee for the Buffalo bills. And I think it's two years in a row speaks volumes, right? That it's not just a one-off that this is something that's continued. I know he's got his Dion streamers foundation and they have events. They have a holiday party that they just had not too long ago. They had the talent show where Jordan Poirier showed up and played. What's that thing called? The hand pan. Is that what it's called? Something like, I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So these guys are good at everything apparently, but yeah, I think it's just, really speaks to the difference that you can make in the community, I think is one of the ways that you can be remembered, especially for somebody who is an offensive lineman, right? Like those are guys who aren't in the spotlight as much as the quarterback, as much as the wide receivers, as much as some of the skilled position players. But Deion Dawkins has been a very out front person for this team because of not what he does just on the field, but also what he does in the community. And I think when you have that mission of trying to give back to others and try and make an impact, people see that and people appreciate that and they resonate that with that. So one of those, another one of those guys that is really different than Mitch Morse, they carry themselves very differently, but each of them is doing good for the community. And to that, I say, you know, job well done. Yeah, and by the way, shout out and uh, recognition to Harrison Phillips. Still doing his thing over yeah. in Minnesota. He's their nominee for the Minnesota Vikings. And he still has his foundation here in Buffalo and Harrison's Playmakers. And it's super cool to see him continuing that legacy in Minnesota and in Buffalo and doing all of that. So just uh, nice to recognize these guys. And we talk about, I mean, look, we're sitting here talking about the Von Miller situation to start this show. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that we could talk about in the NFL that aren't right. People doing things that bring negative publicity to themselves, their teams, their community, whatever. These are guys bringing positivity, positive publicity, and positive things to their community. So a job well done by all of them. All right, and then- We um, we gave last year, I forgot about Deion Dawkins. We gave him the first ever inaugural Kent Hall Stand-Up Guy Award from the media. So that was another thing that, you know, not that anybody really probably listening cares, but interactions for us with these guys matter and people who give us their time and they give us genuine answers and they want to try and help the media because what we are is an extension of the fan base, right? Our job is to bring you closer to the fans or to the team that you care about and try and give you insight and connections to that team. And Dan Dawkins has always been so gracious with his time to all of us that one of the things that was started last year on the beat was this Kent Hall stand-up guy award. And we all went around everybody who covers the team and we all got to vote on who we thought was the most deserving. And we all got to give three names and Deion Dawkins won. So, you know, 
not only is he doing things in the community, but he's also trying to be easily accessible to the fan base. I think that that's another really cool thing. Well said. Before we let you go, you brought something up earlier, and it triggered me to kind of just make a mental note and to bring it up. Schedule. Build uh-huh. at Kansas City. It's been happening so much. It's been the last uh-huh. three regular seasons and uh-huh. twice in the playoffs. People ask me all the time, why do they always go to Kansas City? Well, here's why. Because as we've talked about with Mike North on the podcast and as the, you know, the way the schedule works, there's a rotation of when you go to certain divisions and opponents. And basically yep. – Every year, the Bills will play one division from their conference where they'll have two home teams, two away, and those flip every time they do that. Then Mm -hmm. they also have a two-year span, two years in a row, where they will go to a team which finishes in the same spot as them in one of the divisions. That happened to be the AFC West for a couple years. That's why they went to Kansas City a couple years, and also the rotation put them in Kansas City. Well, Mm -hmm. that ends next year. I can tell you this, folks. 0% 0% chance the Bills go to Kansas City in the regular season next year. Zero. Kansas City could come to Buffalo next year. The team that finishes in the uh-huh. same spot as the Bills in that division comes to Buffalo next year. As of right now, that's Denver. Kansas City would not come to Buffalo at all. But it definitely can't be Buffalo going to Kansas City next year in the regular season. I am a little bit of a sicko when it comes to this stuff. I think like you, I've probably... you Have you been to every NFL stadium now? All but three. All but three. Let me guess. So you haven't been to Vegas, I'm assuming? Cor- uh, correct. You haven't been to the new San Francisco? Correct. And then, oh, I'm just trying to think of the COVID year because uh-huh. that year was wiped with travel. Um, I don't know the San other one. What was that? Where they play San Francisco that year. Arizona. You haven't been to Arizona? No. Really? Interesting. Okay, well, I look at the schedule, like the future opponents, a lot just because I kind of want to know what it looks like and what road trips people are going to take. On the road next year is a really nice road schedule for Bills fans who are looking to try and travel. Seattle is maybe my favorite place that I've been to cover a game, so you have that. You get L.A. again next year, the Rams. You get the Colts and the Texans, which are fine, whatever. The Wait, one no, is a great city to visit. Indy's a great city to visit. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, I don't think they stack up to. I would rather go to Seattle to watch a game. I would rather go to L.A., I think. Right. Comparatively so. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I guess so. It's out West for sure. I mean, look, it'll be the the, third year in a row to go to LA too next year because they're going to the Chargers this year, Rams last year, Rams next year. So three years in a row, then you get the Seattle West coast trip, but I'm, I'm digging Indy because it is a great nightlife city, restaurants, lots of places to go out, eat. We've been to St. Elmo's together. Uh, Houston is a great place. Barbecue. Go down there. My buddy, John Harris, the sideline reporter for the Houston Texans. So I'm looking forward. You always get Miami, the new England and the jets, and then go ahead. You got two more. Okay. I really am hoping that this is how it plays out. I, well, first off, the other one is the AFC North. Yeah. So right now it's probably going to be Cleveland. 
right? Well, Maybe Pittsburgh. I think, could be any team. I think it could be any team. I, the Bills could finish. They're probably going to finish in second in the AFC East. They could still yeah. finish in first. But honestly, Matt, it could be Cleveland, Cincy, or what, who's the other team? I'm not Baltimore. Um, Baltimore. Probably not yes. Baltimore. No, probably not Baltimore. Um, Cleveland, Baltimore. Cincy, Pittsburgh. But, sorry, Pittsburgh. I was just giving my mind. Yeah. The one that I am excited about potentially is they will travel to the NFC North next year, whoever finishes in second place. Or where right those, now let's not, let's not totally put them in second. There's still a chance for first. Sure. I'm just assuming. <laughs> let's be let's be rational here. Okay. If they finish in second place, I need the Packers to keep winning. And I need the Vikings to lose a couple games so Bills fans can go to Lambeau next year because they went in what was it, 2018, Josh's rookie year. Right after they played the Vikings, they went to Lambeau and they kind of had a pretty boring, I think they lost like 20 to nothing or something like that. But Lambeau is very high on my list of stadiums that I have not been to that I uh, really want to experience. Right. And honestly, I'm, I'm, Kind of going to Kansas City the first few times was incredible. It is a bucket list place to watch a football game for a football fan out there. We've done it so many times over the last couple of years that I'm like, okay, can, can they just come here, please? Please. But yeah. Lambo, I feel like, like what Arrowhead once was for me, I feel like Lambo is the new, like, I really, really want to get to a game at Lambo. Okay, I, I get it, and I don't. I, for you, I would love that, and I and I don't disagree. Lambo's amazing; it's a special place. Kind of hoping it's Minnesota, because if you get Minnesota, then think about this: you have West Coast Seattle, West Coast Dome, L.A., South Miami, Indy Dome, Houston Dome. You could get Minnesota Dome. That could be six road games that are domes and or warm weather. Ah, I'm okay with that. I think Lambo would be so cool. I think Lambo. <laughs> Yeah. The home game. I mean, they host the San Francisco 49ers next year. You want to talk about a game that you can just chalk up as like primetime? Like, all right, when we have Mike North on in five months or whatever it is, guess what? Regardless of what happens with the Bills the rest of the season, you can take that 49ers game and pretty much say like, okay, that's going to be Monday Night Football in Buffalo or something, Sunday Night Football in Buffalo. Um, they also will play at home next year the Jags, the Titans, and the Cardinals. So, and then whoever finishes in the second West, AFC West. We talked about. Yeah. So, they made, they, they, home schedule is not super sexy. Winnable games, I think, for the Bills, you know, always at home with some of these teams. But hey, and we are not burying them in 2023. But I thought it was interesting when Matt brought up the scheduling uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs that we should talk about that. But we'll save that for another day. We'll find out where the Bills finish later on. And hopefully that doesn't, uh, we'll know at the end of the regular season, but hopefully the season extends beyond that. In the meantime, it is Sunday. In Kansas City, Matt will have all the coverage on WKBW TV Channel 7 in Buffalo. I'll be on WGR, WGR Sports Radio 550 all week. And uh, we'll try and uh, we'll bring you another pod later in the week to – I think we should, what we need to do, Matt, is break down the – well, first we'll give an update on injuries, but break down the rest of the schedule in the AFC and mm -hmm. who Bills fans should be rooting for. Sal doesn't give his predictions on the podcast, but for some reason I'm feeling a little bit spicy this week, so I'm going to do mine. Bills, 30. Chiefs, 20. Thanks a lot to Mike Rabier, our producer. Until next time, it's always game day in Buffalo with Sal and Matt.